Taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now... Here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zelinsky. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Sheila Zelinsky Show. I am your host, Sheila Zelinsky, for this February 12, 2015 edition. Thank you, folks, for tuning into the program tonight, and a big shout out to the worldwide Christian radio listeners and all the listeners around the globe. I have a very special treat for my listeners tonight. Some of you know this man well, but for my new listeners, Augusto Perez is a Cuban-born evangelist. He's a powerhouse man of God. He's a good friend of the show, and it's always my pleasure to have him on the program because he's one of my favorites. Augusto Perez, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me once again, Sheila. It's a pleasure. Let's start out with talking about what happened at that conference. I'm sure it was very powerful. I did go to the one in Idaho with you a couple of months back, and it was incredible. So I'm really anxious on a report from the conference. Sure. It was another tremendous conference. A lot of people's lives were changed. We call this conference Transformation in the City. You know, we've had three since last year. And this is our third one in less than six months. So we, we are really going full steam ahead, of, you know, of obeying the, the, what the Lord told us uh, last year, which was to begin to bring in the harvest, to train the people, and to equip them and prepare them, you know, for the, for the end. And, uh, and so this is what we're doing. We're being obedient. And um, this one, this one was incredible. We baptized eight on Sunday night, many, many of them were touched, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in the heavenly tongues. Many of them were set free from shackles. Uh, I mean, people were just getting set free. The Spirit of the Lord just took over, and uh, people were just being delivered, set free. No one was praying for them. It was just the presence of God, the awesome presence of God moving. People were getting drunk in the Spirit. They were falling all over the place, like in the book of Acts, chapter 2, just, you know, like drunken and in the, in the presence of God. Many people were filled with the Spirit for the first time in their lives. I've been getting reports, praise reports of people, how their lives have been transformed. 
people that were that that used to smoke don't smoke anymore people that you know were oppressed are not oppressed anymore they're on fire it was just it was just incredible and uh, it, of course it, you know it was similar to what happened in Idaho we picked up where we left off there and you were able to attend that one and uh, you know this one was right in the central part of the country we did the first one in the Seacock, Massachusetts, on the northeastern part of the country. Then uh, I felt directed to do one in the, in the west, northwest, where Fire in the Valley, we named that one because it was in, in the Valley of Idaho, the Idaho Valley. And then this one, because it was going to be uh, taking place in the major metro, in the Houston metro, we named it Transformation in the City. And it was a transformation, all right, and on Sunday morning, as I was ministering to the people, I just felt, you know, by the Spirit to do something that I had never done before. It's the first time we've done that. There is a, prof- a, a sword and uh, laying at the altar of the church. It's Victory Fellowship. I just felt led to take up the sword, okay, and do a prophetic act, which we did. And it was to lay the sword on the shoulder of those people that came from all over the country. And so we did an impartation on them. We, we passed the fire, if you will, and we prayed over them. I laid the sword on the, on the shoulder of each and every one of them, and I imparted the fire from the conference to take it back to where they came from and to begin to be a firebrand there where, you know, in their respective cities. So we did that, and uh, it was incredible. A lot of people you know, wrote uh, praise reports telling me what they felt, what he has meant to them. I mean... Um, People saw angels. One man that was there, he saw a lot of angels around. And as I was ministered to people, around the people that that came from many parts of the country, being ministered to. So it was it was an incredible experience, and it was just awesome. And I'm, I'm I'm so glad that I was able to do this one once again, and uh, praying that the Lord allows us to do more until the the curtain comes down. Amen. Well, and isn't it sad, Augusto, that this kind of outpouring is not happening in houses of prayer across the nation? We're not seeing the living God move in these so-called churches. Isn't that sad in the West? Well, as a matter of fact, when uh, right before you called, I was reading Second Timothy chapter 3 from verse 1 to verse 5. I'm going to read it, if I may. Uh, and this is what I was reading. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Well, in that verse 5, Sheila, uh, you know, having a form, that word there is the word, the Greek word morphosis, which means a, an appearance. They have an appearance of godliness, and that word godliness means in the original text, a piety, goodliness, uh, you know, holiness. They have an appearance of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. That means they deny the dunamis. They deny the mighty working power. They deny, they deny the power of God. And the, the, you know, this tremendous 
presence of God that we should walk in, we should live in. This is this is who we are. And so, you know, this scripture tells us, it says, from such, turn away. You know, from such people, turn away. That means <laughs> avoid them, deflect them, turn away from them. But what we see happening is that uh, instead of turning away from these kinds of people, they run to them. The people run to these kinds of people, and they may be good people. They, the, the, these preachers may be good people, but they do not move in his presence and power. They do not move in the supernatural power of God. And it's not enough to be a good person. You have to be a man or woman of God in this last days. It's not going to cut it. And uh, when you don't have, uh, Sheila, the reality of God in your life, that God is not real, you know, there's got to be a reality to that. A lot of people believe in God. They say they believe in Jesus Christ. They, they, they say they're saved, but they, don't, they have never had an experience with the, with the Almighty, with the presence of God. They have never had that experience. And so God is not real to them. They know of God, they talk about God, but it's not real. And so when these kinds of people, uh, you know, uh, when, when, when you're in the church and people begin to worship the Lord, you're going to see the ones that know their God. You're going to know, you're going to see the ones that know their God is real. And those are the people that are worshiping the Lord with all their heart. They are crying, they're in His presence. Those people, to them, God is real. To them, they, they feel him. They, they, they know him. They are feeling his presence, his manifest presence. So when you don't have that reality, when people don't have that reality, which is unfortunately becoming the majority now in this country, which churches is becoming kind of a social club, a seeker-friendly atmosphere where you can just go and have your, you know, your, your feathers you know, just appeased, and your conscience appeased, uh, you know, and, and go back home for another week and live like any way you want. So when you don't have this experience, what you have then is religion. And religion is a form of God, is a form of godliness. This is what Second um, Timothy 3, 5 is referring to. These people that the Apostle Paul was talking to his son in the Gospel, Timothy, uh, you know, from such people turn away. These kinds of people are what the Bible calls religious people. They have a religion, a form of God, but it is empty. It does not change anyone. You go into, a, into that kind of service, to that kind of meeting, and you leave the same way you went. So when you don't experience any change in people's lives, when they don't experience any change, it's a religion. It's a form. It's a form of godliness, but it doesn't have any substance. It doesn't have the reality of God. And when you don't have a reality of God, that's what you have. You have a form. And this generation that we live in, this, this majority of the churches, especially in America, what they have is a form. They don't have the reality of God. They don't have the presence of God. It's, it's just a mere appearance. They have no relation to reality. Well, you started out by 
quoting in Timothy there that phrase perilous times. So think about this then, Augusto. You have this seeker-friendly social club, as you called it. How do they handle, I mean, how are they going to be equipped for what's coming? And, you know, it's funny, Augusto, I was perusing through the headlines today and I thought, you cannot make this stuff up. You know, never before have we seen the sad state of affairs that our nation is in. It's vomiting equity, moral decline. There's really no ladder rung low enough for which we can fall here. I mean, we're walking around in the sewage that is the depravity we see here in the West, and it's like they have no ears. They're unable to hear. I mean, we're in serious trouble, not just spiritually and morally, but economically, militarily. You've got Russia and the U.S. getting the stages being set. I don't know if it'll be a a fight with the two bullies on the block, but I mean, the country really is at its weakest moment, and yet the spiritual decline is right there with it in its weakest moment. You look back at the New Testament church, the early church, this is a sci-fi of the wickedness that is happening, isn't it? Yes. In the Bible, in the book of Revelation, if you read it carefully, and I spoke about this in 2012, uh, when this is when this whole thing began, Sheila, in 2012. They have been working towards it for a long, long time, much longer than that. But it really began to, you know, to become this bad in 2012. Now, remember what happens in 2011. In 2011 is when they brought those 13 Mayan elders here from Mexico, from, uh, from Merida. And remember, uh, we talked much about it. We prayed about it. We prayed against it. But nobody was listening. They thought it was just another one, you know, another say another something crazy stuff that uh, you know this man of god is saying you know they they're just crazy they lost it you know nothing they don't worry about it it's nothing big and i kept warning him i said this is going to prepare the nation for a just a flood of evil because what this man did in 2011 this 13 mayan elders began in new york city okay and then they began to tra- to travel all across the states to the West Coast, doing incantations, doing rituals with the 13 crystal skulls. And I don't know if you saw the movie of the, of the Indiana Jones and the 13 crystal skull on the yeah. crystal skull. Well, if you pay attention closely to that movie, and we've done shows on that, so I'm, I'm not going to go back and rehash it again, but that whole movie is filled with with messages, hidden messages and uh, illustrations and things of what is going to happen. And so these 13 crystal skulls that were brought here were brought here with a purpose to prepare this nation, okay, for the transition into becoming what it was ordained to become from the beginning. This nation was, from the very beginning, Francis Bacon and many of these um, early Illuminists knew and believed that this nation was going to begin uh, to become eventually Atlantis, the new Atlantis. And uh, for people that don't know what Atlantis is, just do your research, do your homework, and find out Atlantis was a very wicked people, a very wicked civilization that it's, it's supposed to have existed around the time of the flood or even before then, and it was destroyed by the Almighty. I've read some books on it. And uh, it's incredible. Many of the same names, the same gods, the same uh, atrocities that were committed in the Bible, all the same gods, Ashtoreth, all of them 
you you find in the scriptures all those ancient gods. Those were the same gods that were worshipped by Atlantis, and Atlantis had ten kings or ten rulers. Okay, the whole land, uh, the all of Atlantis was divided into ten regions. Well, this whole world has been divided into ten regions. They're following a pattern bring back Atlantis, bring back that civilization, which was basically run by the, uh, the fallen angels, the, the hybrids, the fallen ones, all those entities that fell from, from heaven and came here and, and dwelled among men and, and cohabitated with women. They were the ones that ruled during the age of Atlantis. And so these people know what they're planning. They're planning to bring back that civilization with our fallen ones and the Nephilims and all them, the whole nine yards. They're planning to bring them back, and this is what the New World Order is all about, is bringing back those entities. Those God-men, really, wasn't it? God-men. They were like God-men. And, you know, all those uh, entities, like in Greek uh, literature, like Hercules and Athena, they all come from basically that civilization. Remember that they had different names, in different areas of the world, but they are all referring to the same gods. And this is what they want to do. So we have to realize this is what's happening. What is happening has been planned for a long, long time, a long, long time. And so these people, uh, when they brought in the Mayan elders, that's what they were doing. They were basically saying to us, Sheila, the time has come. The time has come for this nation to morph Okay, to become what he was ordained to be from the beginning. And they began to do their, their incantations, releasing demons, and they went all the way to the West Coast. When they got to the West Coast, that team of Mayan elders went back home, and an, a fresh new team of 13 Mayan elders went there to perform the final ritual. This was in November, I believe. I don't have the exact dates before me, but it was in November of 2011. If you recall, in, in, the, in 2012, the Super Bowl, the halftime show, that was the first time when Madonna began to do all this ungodly, satanic uh, rituals right on stage. It has become uh, worse and worse and more decadent each year. So what we're seeing Right now, what we saw in this last Super Bowl and the Grammys and all these things is basically the occult really coming out in your face and telling us this land be, uh, belongs to us now. We are defiling it and we are getting it ready for the arrival of the um, of the God Man, like you call them, of the of the fallen ones, and we are going to rule together in the new uh, Atlantis in the New World Order. That is basically what the New World Order is, uh, Sheila, is bringing those entities back and those evil men, okay, those hybrids, those son, the sons of Belial, reigning together with them in a world system that is, is totally demonic, totally corrupt, and totally depraved. Well, you're so right. And people have to remember the Aztec and the Inca civilizations were a bloody system of paganism and it's really interesting they had a lot of 
knowledge in their possession they could not have possibly attained on their own, such as really highly complex cosmological data and metallurgy, meteorology, sorcery, pharmacology, a lot of this, you know, ancient giant forbidden intelligence, really, because we see in Genesis 6, it really depicts that race of hybrid giants. And they were created between, most people know this, they were created between the fallen angels and the females. And it's really amazing that this technology they were using was so advanced. But here's the point is that these this reemergence of these God men, that it really is what we're getting set up for. And it's incredible to me, you know, when I saw the absolute I didn't even watch them, but I, I actually um I saw just photographs. I didn't actually watch the Grammys or the Super Bowl halftime show. But Augusta, when you have billions tuning in to a halftime show at the Super Bowl and the Grammys promoting occult dark magic and LGBT agenda and all these, you know, audience members sucking it up or the helly weird minions, I call them, promoting this satanic agenda. You have ACDC performing Highway to Hell. And what's ironic and just stunning to me is they gave out every single audience members these lit up devil horns. And I thought, Highway to Hell, that is really quite where we are right now. And there's really a dark heaviness even non-Christians say, you know, something, something stinks in Denmark here. They can almost feel this dark, ominous presence. Well, the thing that, sh- that struck me the most about this was, when I looked at the photos, was these people putting on those uh, devil horns. You know, they, they were putting them horns on like it was a game. And they were, you know, doing their the sign of, uh, you know, of the, of the horn, you know, the whatever that's called uh they, everybody was doing them and they think it's you know, you know it's a it's a rock on you know it's a you know it's it's a, it's a good thing you know it's a cool thing to do and nobody has any idea my 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 it just it just blows me away how people can be so dumb how can they be so misled because everybody's doing it and this is this is how this thing works everybody's doing it and it's been pushed by the media, it's been pushed by Hollywood, it's been pushed by the politicians. So if all these people are doing it and they think it's okay, then it must not be that bad. You see, that's the logic behind the majority of the people. Because this is how the lemmings, you know, they go over the cliff. They follow the Pipe Piper. And uh, they are just following his tune, I mean, and, they, and he's just deceiving them beautifully. And they don't have a clue. Then lonely voices like myself and others out there that are trying to warn the people, are trying to wake them up, are trying to kind of stir them up. We are beginning to become the dinosaurs. We are beginning to become the dinosaurs, which must be getting rid of, okay? Because we are stopping the uh, transformation. We are really uh, delaying the inevitable. We are basically stopping them from uh, what they want to become. They want to become gods. That's the, that's the same old lie that Satan uh, foisted on, the, on Adam and Eve in, uh, in the Garden of Eden. And these people believe that they're eventually going to become gods. Uh, that is the promise that is going to be made to them by these entities, these, uh, these ancient gods that are returning. And they're basically going to offer them what they, you know, quote-unquote, eternal life. And uh, they're going to uh, give them, you know, a lot of technological advancements, um, 
you know, to heal this and heal that. They're going to bring magic cures for many things that many of them are already stashed away in the underground bunkers, you know, in the, in the government. They have, they have the cure for cancer. They have the cure for this and cure for that. They have the ability to produce electricity, free electricity for every human being on the planet. All these things exist, okay, but they're stashed away waiting for the right moment. When this so-called God, the fallen one, the, the lawless one, the beast, the Antichrist, comes, then all of these solutions, all of these things are going to be uncovered. They're going to be released, along with new ones that uh, these entities are going to supply. And this is how this is going to ensnare the majority of the planet. So this is what we are seeing now. We are seeing the total corruption of the planet. Because one of the things that people need to understand also, Sheila, is this, and not many people understand this, okay? And this includes good preachers, okay? They tend to see the bad, but, but let's look a little further. Let's look a little deeper, okay? Let's kind of dig a little deeper and see why, or for this nation to become corrupted. Why are they seeking to corrupt this nation and many other nations, especially the European nations and America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, basically those nations, you know, like China, Japan, the industrialized nations, why are they seeking to corrupt them so much? The answer to that is this. Just like in the presence of God, okay, there has to be an environment, a, an atmosphere that has to be created, okay? It has to be created by the people. When the people fast, when God's people pray, when God's people begin to cleanse themselves, sanctify themselves, and they begin to worship the Lord and repent in tears and sackcloth and ashes and call upon God, something happens to the atmosphere. The atmosphere begins to change. The atmosphere begins to change, and it allows the presence of God to come into a service, come into a meeting, come into a city, come into a home, okay, whatever it is. Wherever this happens, it allows the presence of God, his holy angels, to come in. And he has to be prepared by the atmosphere. If we do not prepare the atmosphere, the Lord, the presence of God cannot come. Well, likewise, it happens for the, you know, on the opposite side of the coin, which is in the area of the demonic, in the dark realm. The atmosphere has to be prepared. Let's say back in the 50s, okay, the enemy knew that it was not possible for him to usher this country, this nation, and the whole world into the new world order. It was not possible because the atmosphere was not corrupted enough it was not defiled enough, and it was not unholy enough. It just wasn't. Americans may, may not have been perfect, but most Americans still prayed. They still believed in God. They still had some morals. They didn't like to lie. They didn't like to kill. They didn't like immorality. America was still not depraved. America was, you know, it sinned. It had sins in it, of course. America had sinned, but it was not at the level it is now. So <clears throat> these people, in their, in, because they have wisdom, these people are very, very intelligent. They're very bright. But is the, is the dark side of evil, okay, is the, is the brilliant side of evil. Evil has a brilliant side, and these people are brilliant. They're very wise. 
Even in the scriptures, it says, be wise as a serpent. Serpents are very wise, okay? And so the, these devils are very wise in the in a worldly kind of way, not in a godly way, but in a worldly kind of way. And they knew that this nation had to be defiled. It had to be corrupted. And they started passing law by law, bill by bill, abortion in the 70s. They started uh, passing laws allowing fornications and, you know, uh, uh, divorces, easy people being able to divorce and people being able to live together, you know, it's okay. And people, you know, uh, then uh, being a, a gay, homosexual, it's okay. It's a different lifestyle, or alternate lifestyle. And then now is same-sex marriage and then, you know, all these ungodly things that are being done uh, with <laughs> devil horns on the whole nine yards. Uh, what this is doing, Sheila, and people listening out there, is this is defiling the nation. This is defiling the world for the arrival of the evil ones, for the arrival of the, of the fallen ones, okay? So that the people then will be able to accept them, and they will be able to come. Because the atmosphere then has been prepared, you see, just like in the opposite side, when, you know, for the godly. The atmosphere has to be prepared, for the presence of God, for the Lord and his angels to come. Likewise, in the dark side, it's the same. The atmosphere has to be prepared. And boy, I'm telling you, it is being prepared right now at such a fast rate. I can't even believe it. I, I just can't believe how corrupted this nation has become. Well, as you were talking, I was thinking not only corrupt, but these so-called Christians, you know, they're still feeding on milk. They they need meat, and yet they're so spiritually anemic. When you go to the Word of God, it says, you know, it talks about a scepter of righteousness, the rod of iron. Jesus Christ will rule with a rod of iron, and his worthy chosen saints will rule with him. Like, do people not get this? or do, They do not understand that the 24 elders are watching, the angels are watching, the Lord is watching what we do in our ministries, and yet there's people out there that are just asleep at the wheels, singing Kumbaya, while Rome burns around us. We know the sand is slipping out of the hourglass, and yet, are there any spiritually discerning people? I mean, I've really asked myself that. Well, there are some. Now, of course, there always will be. The Lord always has his people. He always has his remnant. He always has those that, uh, that know him, and they're, they're hidden. I call them the hidden ones. And the Lord one time referred to, to them as the hidden ones. And they're hidden. They're out there. They're not out in the limelight. They're hidden. And they, they love God. They are sincere. There are, people, there are people right now, Sheila, that are praying hours a day. They're praying hours a day in the presence of the Lord. They're weeping, travailing, crying in the presence of God, repenting for the sins of the nation, so that the wrath of the Father, the wrath of God, does not come hard on this country. And this is the reason why it hasn't happened yet. And a lot of people, you know, they scratch their heads and they, and they say, oh, well, if it hasn't happened, it is never going to happen. Maybe there is no God. Maybe it's, this is all a religion. Maybe it is only an invention. And this has even begun to be spoken out there by many that, you know, that Christianity is invented. And this is another deception, by the way, from these fallen ones, okay? Many of these Eastern religions, they voice and they believe that uh, Christianity was an invention of these entities, just like all these other ones, you know, like Buddhism and, and Hinduism and 
And all these religions were inventions of them, that they really were avatars. Jesus Christ was an avatar, and Buddha was an avatar, and all these men were avatars, you know, basically sent by them, okay, to teach mankind, you know, the higher levels of, of humanity. But uh, this is what they're going to preach. This is what they're going to say. And then they're going to say, you know what? It was us. We were the ones that planted you here. We seeded the earth. But, you know, there are many of us that are alert. There are awake. We know this lie. We know this deception that is coming. It is going to be fatal. It is going to be fatal. And uh, this year, Sheila, and I hope I'm wrong, but this year could be the year when this is unveiled. You know, the Pope is coming here in September. I think it is on the Day of Atonement. And he's going to be coming to the States. He, he, he's going to be going to the United Nations. What is he going to say? What is this man going to say? I don't know. But uh, whatever it is, he has planned it very carefully and very methodically to coincide with some of these feasts, with the blood moons, the, you know, the Day of Atonement, and all these feasts, he's going to be um, here, which coincides, by the way, with the dates that were given by the French Prime Minister, remember, last year, when he was with uh, John Kerry, and he made a statement, I believe it was in the month of May, that there were 500 days until climate chaos. And people that have computed that out, it turned out that 500 days from the date when he said that happens to be the Day of Atonement. I think it's September 23rd. But this has been planned methodically by the Vatican, by this uh, New World Order. What is going to happen? I don't know. But could it be? I mean, just I'm just throwing this out there. Could it be that maybe this is when uh, he's going to say something alluding to the fact that we are not alone and uh, this race of beings is already with us and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Could, could that be it? Could it be that he's going to be talking about the ushering in of the new world order, that the time has come? I mean, what is it that these people have planned? I don't know. But something is up. Something is up, and I don't like it. It doesn't look good. It doesn't smell good, and I just don't like how it feels. Well, the Catholic Church, sir, seems to be taking a lot of interest in alien saviors and baptizing aliens. I mean, you never heard that kind of statement come from the Vatican, but now the Pope is on record talking about aliens and the fact that the Catholic Church welcomes them with open arms, and you've got things happening now that you would never hear about. And it's interesting because Tom Horn and Steve Quayle said on a program a couple of weeks back that isn't it interesting that the Pope, essentially, I mean, because you got to remember the Pope prophecy, the conclave's been watching this for years, and the 900-year prophecy of the Pope, one of the things they said about Petrus Romanus is that he would be merging the UN with the Church, he would be issuing a huge encyclical about a climate change, you know, the moral imperative is that you better bow down and worship Mother Gaia, but the other interesting thing is, could they be setting us up, th think about this, Augusto, We've met the aliens, they're our friends, and oh, by the way, that devil from the Bible, 
This is actually your savior, the God from the Bible. Forget him, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Satan is a good guy, whether it's fallen angels or demons. They're really preparing us for a satanic savior. That is really a horrifying thought, isn't it? Well, as you were saying that, I was reading uh, Revelation 18.2, and I wanted to mention that because it goes right along with what you were saying and with what I shared earlier, and that is in Revelation 18.2. And it says, and he cried, and referring to an angel, that in verse 1 it says, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was made bright with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice in verse 2, saying, Babylon, the great, is fallen, is fallen. And it's become the habitation of demons and the hunt of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Okay? Now, right there, it gives you a clue, Sheila, that Babylon, you know, and, and of course, a lot of people believe and, uh, that Babylon is the United States, and they're correct. But it's, it's not just the United States. It's also uh, the Vatican, and it's also, there are three Babylons, which I believe, you know, representing the, the three different areas, you know, of the world. One is the United States, Babylon, and then there's another one in Rome, okay, and that is also referred to as Babylon, and also the other one is in, in Jerusalem, okay. The Bible calls it Egypt, where the Lord our Savior was uh, crucified, so I believe that those, those three are the three Babylons, the three centers that control and rule the world in three different areas. All three are going to be impacted mightily in this end time. But there is a commercial Babylon, which is the one being referred to right here in chapter 18, because it talks about, you know, in verse 3, the nations were drunk with the wine of a wrath of a fornication. The kings of the earth committed fornication with her. The merchants of the earth have grown rich through the abundance of her luxury. Now, there's no other nation in the world that had so many merchandises and merchants that did business with her than the United States. So this is referring to the United States, and look what it says. It has become, okay? It, in other words, it was not. At one point in time, it was not. But it has become the habitation of demons and the haunt of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. This is talking about a place, Sheila, that has become infested with demonic entities and every fallen angel and every ungodly thing that has now come here and is inhabiting this land. And so this is what the Lord is going to destroy. And there is a reason why we are feeling what we are feeling. Why are people feeling discouraged? Why are people feeling oppressed? Why are people feeling this darkness all around us? The reason is because Babylon, okay, commercial Babylon, financial Babylon, is become the habitation of devils. And it is getting very dark. Okay, The skies have become covered with uh, principalities and powers and wickedness in high places that have replaced the strongholds of the, of the Lord. And this nation was a nation that was used mightily of the Lord. Isaiah 50 and 51, he talks about, you are a cup in the Lord's hand. This nation was used mightily by the Almighty for missions 
to help many countries. It was a blessing. This is why this nation has been so blessed. But it has become a habitation of devils. And uh, this is the reality of where we are now, Sheila, and it's, it's getting worse by the moment. And this is what we are feeling. This is what you're experiencing. This is why there's so many people saying the same thing right now. Well, and there really is a heaviness in, I know myself and my prayer team is the intercessors we join every Wednesday in a call, and I know there's been such a heaviness. And that's really the point I want to mention to people is it is so imperative right now that people be in prayer, isn't it? Because my house shall be called the house of prayer. I'm just stunned at the amount of people that are just oblivious to all this stuff. I had one lady say the other day, you know, well, you know, we're not not going to say the tribulation till the one world religion and i thought like are you people just not getting this because you've certainly got the groundwork being laid for a one world religion even just this last few months the pope has been fervent in his ongoing effort to unify all these denominations of the christian faith and did you ever think you'd see the day when muslim prayers the vatican saw Muslim prayers being given for the first time in history, and the Pope's chicanery is in complete contradiction to Bible scripture, and yet biblical Christianity is absolutely abandoned in the contemporary church, and you've got all this spiritual unity, because that's the word right now, is we just all have to join hands, Augusto, and, you know, forget what we don't agree on. Let's just join hands on the fact that we at least acknowledge there's a God. Isn't that good enough? You have Rick Warren out there promoting Chris Long, you have Kenneth Copeland and others and all those delegations of evangelicals last year there at the Vatican. And, and it was in the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. I remember the, the quote was Kenneth Copeland saying, this is something God has done. God wants his arms around the world and he wants Christians to put his arms around the world by working together. And then Joel Osteen finished a little quote off in the Fort Worth Star by saying, you know, I really like the fact that the Pope is making it all inclusive. He's not trying to make it smaller, but larger to take everybody in. And that just resonates with me. Well, isn't that nice, Joel? I mean, it is unbelievable that people just can't see that we're steamrolling into this one world religion. Well, in the book of Second Corinthians, chapter 4, Verse 3 says, But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this age has blinded the minds of them who believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And this is the problem. This is what we are facing right there in verse 4, uh, Sheila, that the God of this world, the devil, okay, has blinded. That means the people cannot see. And this is what happens. This is why you look at them and you say, how can, how can they not see it? How can these people not see it? It's right there in front of their faces. How can they not see it? Well, this is the reason why, right there. Because the devil, see, the powers of darkness, when a person rejects the truth, anyone, it, it, I don't care who he is, when a, any person rejects the light, Okay? And the light meaning the light of the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth of the word. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. Okay? He that believeth on me will not perish, but have everlasting life. But then he said, but this is, this is the tragedy, that light has come into the world, and men preferred darkness rather than light. And so this is the problem. Men today are preferring darkness 
rather than light. And so when that happens, whenever a human being prefers darkness to light, what happens is this. It gives license to the devil. It gives license to the demonic powers to blind them, legally blind them. They are legally now blinded before they chose not to, okay? They started by choosing not to believe. But once they do that and they continue in that for a season, the Lord turns them over to a reprobate mind. The Lord basically, you know, backs off and the devil comes in. And this is what's happened to this nation. They have rejected the truth of the word. They have rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ. The, the Lord has been kicked out of the schools, kicked out of the government, kicked out of the family, kicked out of uh, every place. So when that happens, the Lord backed off and the enemy came in like a flood. And once he comes in, he blinded their eyes so that they cannot see. That's what it says in verse 4. Their eyes have been blinded so that the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Now they can't see it because now they're blinded. Do you remember also when our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Joshua, came? Remember that he confronted the people of that day. He confronted the Pharisees, he confronted the Sadducees, and he told them again and again. He said, until now, you know, you couldn't see. And he told them, he says, but, you know, you had the ability to choose. He says, but now I have brought you the, the truth, and you refuse to believe me. Therefore, now you will become blind. You see what I'm saying? He basically told him, before, you had the ability to choose whether you would receive the light or not. But now I have brought you the light, and you have chosen not to believe me. Therefore, now you will become blinded. This is a fulfillment of 2 Corinthians 4.4, that the God of this world now came in and blinded their eyes so that they could not see. Even if they wanted to, they couldn't see. And this is a curse. This is the curse that has come upon this nation, that the people have turned a deaf ear. To the word of God, they have turned a deaf ear to the prophets of God. They have turned a deaf ear to the apostles of God, the evangelists, the teachers, the, the pastors, the godly pastors out there. They have turned a blind eye to them, a deaf ear, and they don't want to hear it. So therefore, they're being turned over onto reprobate minds. They want to be tickling their ears. They want to hear a message that makes them feel good. They want to hear a word that makes them feel okay. You know, they want to feel good about themselves. This is this is where all these gospels are coming from, Sheila. Feel good gospel, you know. Live the your prosperity. best life now. Every day is a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's but that's why that's the reason why it see, there is a reason for everything that has happened. There is a reason. And the reason is that people they rejected. They rejected the truth. They rejected the light of the gospel. Once that's done, and they continue in it for a season, because the Lord is very long-suffering. The Lord doesn't condemn people quickly, overnight. He's very patient, very long-suffering. But eventually, he turns them over to a reprobate mind and says, okay, that's what you want. Here, have your fill of it. And that's what's happened. And this nation now is full of those kinds of preachers, because that's what the people wanted. 
Well, you're so right. That's exactly what the people wanted because essentially those mega churches in Texas or wherever, they wouldn't have the kind of people filling the pews. And a Joel Osteen is not raised up unless the people want to hear that kind of lukewarm doctrine. And as David Wilkerson said, a lukewarm gospel is no gospel at all. Augusto, in the waning moments, you've been doing an incredible teaching on the Melchizedek priesthood and I have your information linked on the website for people they need to go back and listen to this very powerful series touch on the importance of the Melchizedek priesthood and why it's so critical for people to get this Augusto well it it started with an experience I had uh, last year uh, where the Lord basically appeared to me and told me about this Melchizedek priesthood at first, when I when I had that experience, it didn't make any sense to me. I, I really didn't know what to make of it. It, it's, it was that strange. But uh, the more I prayed about it, the more I realized that this was a message for me and for others right now. And when I was having this experience, I heard the Lord say to me, Hebrews 5.10. He, he, I heard the scripture, Hebrews 5.10, called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And as soon as I heard him say that, he went into my spirit like a flame of fire. I, I woke up and I realized <laughs> I had just had an experience with the Lord very important. So <clears throat> the more I prayed about it, the more I realized that I had to do a series of teachings on this to prepare the people because this was an invitation, Sheila. It wasn't just for me. It was for me, but not just for me. It was an invitation. The Lord is issuing an invitation to the people to come up higher to come up higher and enter into the Melchizedek priesthood, which is a high calling. It is a very high calling. This is not for the weak of heart. This is not for the, uh, for the feeble. This is not for, for the lukewarm. This is uh, a, high, I mean, a very high calling. And uh, it is basically a calling. The Melchizedek priesthood basically involved four types of ministries, okay? The ministry of, of the king, the ministry of a priest, the ministry of a prophet, and the ministry of an apostle. And so this is the kind of ministry that the Almighty wants to raise up in this end time. It has to do with the end time jubilee. Well, you can call it the jubilee anointing. And of course, quote-unquote, we are coming into our next jubilee this coming year, starting uh, this uh, next day of atonement after the fulfillment of the Shemitah. Right after the Shemitah, this coming Shemitah in September, is going to be the seventh Shemitah. And so that's 49 years. There's one Shemitah every seven years. So it's been 49 years, and this is the seventh Shemitah, which is always followed by the year of Jubilee. Okay? And that is going to be throughout the starting this year and through 2016. So... Uh, look forward to that Jubilee anointing. I am expecting a Jubilee anointing, and uh, I believe it is related with this Melchizedek uh, priesthood. And so we've been doing a series of teaching on what the Melchizedek priesthood is all about, what it entails, what it is not, what it takes, the price to pay, the cross and the glory. We've been uh, sharing also uh, a background on the Levite priesthood, comparing the Levite priesthood the Melchizedek priesthood. We've talked about the seven spirits of God. We've talked about uh, the need to walk in holiness and purity and walk in love. I mean, many of these things we are teaching on, 
And we talked about also the fact that many of these hidden ones that I was referring to earlier will eventually, you know, if they, if they remain steadfast and they don't quit, they will eventually be transitioned into the mighty men of valor of this end time. And uh, I, I've talked about, I made, I made comparisons to uh, David and his mighty men of valor. And when the people began to come to David in the cave of Adula, how many of those people were broken. They were discouraged. You know, they were kind of the, the dregs of the earth. And uh, how they came to David and David uh, worked with them. And they became the, David's mighty men of valor. These were the men that slew the Nephalims that slew the the hybrids that had the heads of lions, that men that fought with the, a sword in each hand, and brave men, valiant men, powerful men. And so we've been talking about this. We've been talking, what is it going to take? What are the requirements to walk in this high calling? And so it begins by consecration. It begins by cleansing ourselves. It begins by uh, committing ourselves to the Lord. It begins by building a prayer altar in your home, having an altar where you pray, meet with the Father every day. You know, all these things, being obedient to the voice of the Lord, it's required for, uh, for, for this next phase. So we've been trying to teach the people, trying to uh, train them, trying to equip them to go higher, not to remain uh, you know, satisfied where they're at, no, but to reach higher, to go higher into this next level that I believe will usher in the coming uh, glory of the kingdom and, uh, and, and the next phase in the, uh, in the affairs of, of, of the Lord uh, with this planet, which I believe are going to coincide with the manifestation of the sons of God and the manifestation of, the, of, of these demonic entities that will be coming to, uh, to take over the earth. So these two things will be taking place, in my opinion, hand in hand. Well, you said the word mighty men of valor. Speaking of mighty men of valor, you yourself are just an incredible man of God. Augusto, it is always a pleasure to have you on, and thank you for what you do, and thank you for coming on the program tonight, and we really look forward to your next event. And tomorrow night, you're actually doing more of your series, and I've got that link there, folks, at weekendvigilante.com. You better listen to that teaching tomorrow. It's so good. Can't recommend that enough. Augusto, thank you for coming on the program tonight. Thank you, Sheila, for having me. It's a pleasure. That was, again, the amazing Augusto Prez. His information is linked there at weekendvigilante.com. Folks, please remember that Steve Quayle is one of my sponsors for Airtime for the show, but I am looking for other sponsors. So if you're interested in advertising your business or product, shoot me an email. My contact info is there at weekendvigilante.com. It's important for people to understand that this ministry is 100% listener funded. So if you are blessed by the show and the ministry, if you're eating the meat, it is only fair for you to do your part. Giving, as you know, is a kingdom principle. It takes a lot of work to bring you the best guests and anointed men and women of God to bless you each and every day. The workman is worthy of his meat. So keep the show in the air, folks. You can donate there at weekendvigilante.com. And when you go to the website, please follow me on social media. There's also my chat room at MixLR. You can click on the link on the website on the right-hand side, and there is a button to not only go in the chat room, but listen to the podcast and follow me on Podomatic and MixLR. You can see those buttons on the right-hand side of the website. And please download the MixLR app, search Weekend Vigilante, and listen from any smart device, iPads, iPods, iPhones, 
all that uh, good stuff. And just remember this too, please, folks, that all the shows are available at iTunes by simply going to iTunes and searching Sheila Zolinski. So as I bid you a farewell today for this show, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. I have an interview that's one of my favorites that Benny Hinn did a while back. It is a classic. As I bid you farewell for the day, thank you again for tuning in. Let's listen to this classic from Benny Hinn. I'm sure you'll love it, and I'll see you again tomorrow at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, right here on WWCR. Good night, folks. God bless. Unless America sees the power of God, America is going to go down the tubes. Do you know what's going on out there? Can I be honest with you? I said, can I be honest? I am stirred up. I am so stirred up, I'm mad. I'm angry. I heard a pastor on Larry King. Dear God, I, I got so angry. You know, there's nothing wrong in getting angry. The Bible says, be ye angry and sin not. That coward, that's what I'm going to call him, a coward. It's exactly what they are, is cowards. When Larry King said, is Jesus the only way to heaven? He said, that's up to God. Man, I got mad. Up to God, he said. What Bible is he reading? Jesus said, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. No man goes to the Father but by me. I got so angry. I got so angry. I, I actually said, who else hung on that cross? I wish I could have gone through that TV set and punched him out. I never felt like punching a preacher out. I would have punched him out and said, Lord, I'm sorry. I would have repented later. How dare they? I said, how dare they to sit on a Larry King program and be so cowardly in case they offend Larry King or his viewers. Who cares about Larry King? And who cares about his viewers? Who cares about these people? You know what Jesus said, don't you? If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. That's what the Lord said. If you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Who else died on that cross, people? Who else rose from the dead? I'd like to know. Did anybody else die and rise again? Did Muhammad die and rise again? Did Buddha die and rise again? If we keep quiet now, God will judge us. If you preachers want more people in your pews than people in heaven, shame on you. All they care about these pastors. The seeker-friendly move in America is destroying America, people. Let's just be blunt and say it. Those seeker-friendly churches are not of God. I'm here to tell you, when they, are, when they are ashamed, when they don't want to offend people, then they don't have the Holy Ghost in there. My brother, who cares if you offend people? Jesus offended people. He offended the Pharisees. They're so scared of saying Jesus in case somebody sues them. Well then, let them be sued. Who cares? 
Is our God mighty or not? So if they sue you, are you scared? Listen, listen. 2,000 years ago, they didn't just sue them, they killed them. People are afraid of getting sued in case they say Jesus. Yet 2,000 years ago, they were persecuted and killed for declaring his name. I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed, brother. I am not ashamed. How many of you are not ashamed of the gospel? You are never, never going to be ashamed of the gospel. They call themselves pastors. That's a joke. What kind of pastors are they? Don't even have the backbone and the courage to preach this Bible. In case somebody in their church is offended, they worry more about crowds than getting souls into heaven. These are not churches, they are clubs. Any pastor who's ashamed to say Jesus is because he is demon-possessed, that's why. Let's just say it like it is. If you are afraid to say Jesus, there's a devil inside of you. You say, well, that's not nice. That's just the way it is. If you don't like it, you can leave tonight. I know some of you aren't too happy with me. I don't care how you feel about it at all. I am not impressed by your feelings. One day I'm going to stand before his throne. And he'll judge me. And he'll judge you. Woe is me. If I preach not the gospel, only Jesus is the truth.